reminded of a verse of scripture in the book of Lamentations, spoke on it recently in Okeechobee. The Lord brought some things to my attention. Um, and uh, so we preached. It's because of him. Amen. It's really because of him. Uh, the fact that we can receive the Holy Ghost, that we can have our sins remitted, and we can be a part of the kingdom of God. Amen. And live and move and have our being in him. It's really not because of us. It's because of him. Amen. It's because of him that we're able to see and have illumination and revelation of the Lord. It's not because we've worked for it or earned it. Amen. It's because of him. Praise God. I'm in the church today because of him. You're in the church today because of him. It's not your good deeds. Amen. That uh, merited you, given you the favor or qualified you, but it's really the Lord and his goodness. And listen, it wasn't Noah's good works. No, it wasn't Noah's good works. It wasn't Noah's strategy. It wasn't Noah's engineering skills. It was God, a man who extended grace to Noah and offered salvation to him. In fact, Noah perhaps had never even built a boat before. Hello? But how many recalls the story that God gave him the plan, the exact plan? If Noah would have added or taken away from that plan, Noah would have died. That's right. God didn't save you to fulfill your plan. God saved you to fulfill his plan. That's why we're here tonight. Because we're all a part of the plan of God. Aren't you glad of that? We're all part of God's eternal plan. Amen. Let's turn our attention to the word of the Lord here tonight. The book of Psalms, chapter number 127. Psalms 127. Amen. Psalms 127. I'm going to begin reading verse number 1 and then uh, verse number 2. Um, this is another portion of the revelation that God has shared and it's another very, very important piece to the puzzle. It's a very, very vital part uh, of our relationship with God. And it will bleed into our relationships with people and in how we do ministry and in how we serve the Lord. So tell somebody, pay attention, would you? Would you do that? Because the Lord's going to shine in this place tonight. I'm confident that the Lord is going to shine in this place. And his word is going to be highlighted in your spirit and in your mind again tonight. Why is that? Because he's a good God. 
And he loves to give unto his children the kingdom and understanding and knowledge. It is the will of God for us to know and to understand our God. Did you know that, Brother Turner? Now, the will of God includes a lot of things, including your choice. Did you know that your ability to choose good or evil, right or wrong, blessing or curse, is the will of God? Hello? We'll figure that out later. <laughs> Psalms 127, verse number 1, Except the Lord build the house. Notice the word build. It didn't say unless the Lord had built, but it says except the Lord build. And I want to say he's not done yet. Look at somebody and tell them he's not done with you yet. Brother, he's not done with me yet. And he's certainly not done with the church yet. Because we're still here. So that means he's still building. It's not done yet. Amen. We're not finished yet. We haven't arrived yet. We're not perfect yet. But we shall be. Except the Lord build the house. They labor. Say that's us. They work. They toil. In vain that build it. I want to stop here. We're going to pray and I'll continue. Amen. I feel just a, a surge of the Holy Ghost just revealing things to my spirit that he wants all of us to know and understand. Can we just lift our voice again in prayer? Come on. Why don't you reach out as an individual? Come on. God wants to speak to you tonight. God wants to talk to every individual cell, every individual member of the body of Christ. Come on, you're important. Hallelujah, you're important to the operation and the plan of God. He needs you. He desires you. Hallelujah, he wants you to know and understand him and how he operates. Praise God. Help us to open our spirit, Lord, to receive the word of God with meekness. Oh, tonight, in Jesus' name, let it be sown in my spirit, Lord. Water that revelation in me, God, that I can live life, Lord, with the proper revelation of who you are and therefore reach my destiny in you. In Jesus' name, and everyone say amen. Praise God. Can we just go down clapping because we're excited, amen, about the revelation of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. Except the Lord build the house. Not part of the house. Not just the windows. Not just the foundation. Not just the plumbing. Not just the electric. Not just the roofing, but the whole house. And what I hear the Lord is saying is, 
if this thing is going to turn out right, it's going to be because they have allowed me to be Lord over every aspect of the building. That means I must be Lord over the plumbing. Hello? I must be Lord over the foundation. Amen. I must be Lord over the electric work. I must be Lord over the masonry. I must be Lord over the roof. I must be Lord over the kitchen and the cabinets. Amen. Everything that is necessary to make a house a house. The Lord wants to be, desires to be the builder of this house. Somebody say the house is the church. God is building the house. And unless he build it, those that labor or work or toil will do so in vain. And that's not good. Except the Lord keep, preserve, or save the city, the watchman or the guards waketh but in vain. And I realize, and this word came to me today, it's an old word. It may not be the best or the most uh, suitable word, but it's a word I, I've wanted to use tonight to communicate a particular point that not only does God have ability, but God has a method. God has strategy. God has ways of accomplishing His will. Is that right? If God didn't have a way, a method, then he would have just let Noah build the boat to the best of his ability. But how many here knows that we need more than just human ingenuity and ability? We need more than that. We need the knowledge put in our spirit from the Lord. We need God to give us the instructions and the blueprints so that we can labor faithfully as he is the Lord of the house, the builder, if you please. And so that things turn out according to his specifications. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh in vain. And that tells me immediately that it is possible for us to labor for the Lord, but do so in vain. This verse tells me that it is possible to be a watchman, to be a guard, but yet wake in vain. And that also brings me to this conclusion that God himself has, if you're familiar with this term, God has a modus operandi. Did you know that? What that simply means is God has a method, a strategy. He has a way of doing things. In fact, a particular way. In fact, we can Make that plural and say ways. God has ways. God has methods of accomplishing his eternal plan. Modus operandi simply means a particular way or method of doing something or operating. Amen. And let's continue reading in verse number two. I know I'm teaching a little bit here tonight. But I love to share what God has shared with me. 
Amen. I'm excited about it because I know where it came from. I didn't read this in a magazine or a herald. Amen. This was not a pastoral or a book of theology. This is just simply the Lord saying this from his word. And notice it says in verse number two, it is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. That's a complete sentence there, okay? Don't try to break it down and say he's not for this and he's for this and so forth. Understand the context. It is vain for you and I to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. But notice the ending. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. What does that tell me? When I read verses number one and verses two together, not only is he the Lord of the house, the builder of the house, not only does he lead and guide and provide direction, instruction, and counsel of how things are supposed to be, amen, not only is he the Lord over the laborer, but he's also the Lord of the rest. God will not work you to death. You will work you to death. People will work you to death. In fact, people are frustrated and tired and, amen, and aggravated and, and on the verge of burnout because they feel worked to death. And I want to tell you something. It's not the Lord doing that because the Lord will never drive you to burnout. The Lord will never drive you to frustration. Amen. The Lord will never drive you, amen, into doing something that's going to tear you down. No, that's not the character of the Lord. Amen. Because the Bible says that he gives his beloved sleep. So not only, again, I emphasize and reiterate, not only does he lead us to labor, he also is the one who gives us balance. He's the one that keeps our sanity if we'll let him be Lord. He's the one that gives us the peace that passeth all understanding to keep us from going crazy. Somebody say, that's my God. Amen. That's the kind of God he is because he cares about your whole being. He don't want you to lose your mind. Amen. He wants you to take his mind so that you don't have to lose anything. Oh, yes. So God has a modus operandi. He has a method, amen, behind his mission. He's the Lord of the labor, and he's also the Lord that gives us rest. How many in this place would be honest with yourself and say, I need rest? More than, more than just a few hours extra sleep that we can gain through taking a nap but the Lord wants to give rest to your soul amen and I've lived long enough and you've lived long enough amen and we've experienced that even after a good night's sleep our soul doesn't have rest there's weariness and discontentment in our soul and I believe the Holy Ghost wants to remind us again that he amen can give rest to our soul Hallelujah, but he doesn't do it without your cooperation. And we notice when we read the scripture, not just this particular scripture, but scriptures in general concerning the modus operandi of God, the way that God goes about doing certain things and taking care of his people. 
Amen. And when we follow and when we can recognize the, the ways of God, we can see the character of God, amen, in display. And we see that the Lord does not drive us to burn out. The Lord does not drive us to do things, amen, that are harmful for our bodies or our health. But the Lord leads us, according to the scripture, beside the still waters. Amen. He doesn't drive you there. He leads you there. He doesn't manipulate or force you, amen, to do it. But he leads us beside the still waters. And the next verse says, he restores my soul. Amen. So not only does he care and he's concerned about what we do, but he's also concerned about our condition. Does that make sense? The Lord, not only, can, not only does he care about what you do, but he also cares about your condition. He cares about your health. Not just your physical health, but your spiritual health and your mental health. And when the Bible says he cares for you, that means all of you. Hallelujah, the Lord cares for all of you, not just a part of you. He cares for the whole house, every aspect of the house he cares for. He desires for you to be healthy, amen, for you to be blessed, for you to be successful. I didn't say rich. I didn't say rich by the wealth of the world, but rich in him. Come on, amen, experiencing every day the riches of his goodness and the riches of his grace. Hallelujah, you might not have a lot of food or a lot of things or a lot of materials, but if you have him, you have all things. Hallelujah, because it is all in him. So the Lord teaches us that he is a tremendous leader. And if we'll follow him, that's the key. Ladies and gentlemen, take note. Even though he's the shepherd, even though he is the Lord, he doesn't make you follow him. But he does the leading and he encourages you to follow. And as long as you follow him, amen, grace and mercy will follow you. Not only will it lead you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake, amen, but he'll be behind you. And amen, he'll take care of you. He'll provide for everything every need that you have. Come on, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Why? Because I follow him in all things. And if goodness and mercy is gonna follow me in all things, it's because I follow him in every area of my life. Woo, hallelujah, I'm preaching tonight, it's all about Jesus. I'm preaching tonight, it's all about Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. He is that place of rest. Not only is he the provider, he's also the provision. Come on now. Not only is he the provider, but he's also the provision. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm glad the Lord takes good care of us. People let you down. Family, friends, relatives, employers, associates, colleagues. We live in a very dark world where there is a tremendous lack of proper vision revelation and knowledge of God. Therefore, people don't know who they are. And when they don't know who they are, they don't know how to take care of themselves and they sure don't know how to take care of you. 
So there's a lack of proper vision. That's why people are being destroyed. People are being deceived. People are going into further darkness, more dark, gross darkness, in fact, because where there is no vision, the people perish. And we see that happening everywhere. But the Lord has come to enlighten us and give us eyes of understanding that we might know him and walk in him and become like him and do his will. Somebody say, I'm not here to do my will. I'm here to do his will. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Lord has a way of getting that done in and through us. And if we'll follow him, we will be blessed. Say that. Say, I will be blessed if I follow him. Teach me to follow you, my Lord and my God. There's a difference between being driven and being led. Now, when you studied scripture, always go back to the original language because, for example, when you see one word in the English, whether it's in the Old Testament or, or, or the New Testament, uh, it may have different meanings based on the context. And if you go back to the original language, you'll see that the word is not always the same in the original language. And I don't have time to give examples for that, but I found that to be true. But I do know that there's a difference between the way that God takes care of us and God interacts with us and God approaches us. There's a difference between that and the way that man takes care of us and man interacts with us and man approaches us. Man approaches us sometimes with attitudes or in a particular mood and with a very limited perception of God, of themselves, and of us. But God approaches us so very differently. And God handles us very differently. God doesn't handle women the way we handle women. God doesn't handle your neighbor the way you handle your neighbor. God is a God of love. Amen. Yes, he is. Is he a God of law and order? Yes. But do you know why we have law? Because the law leads us to him, and if we follow the law, we won't die. Why is death such a big thing? Because death is separation from him. And so he gives us law so that we can avoid death because death brings separation, and that's not what God wants. God doesn't want any of you to be separated from him. He wants everyone to be with him. Hallelujah. Can we just raise our hands and say, I get to be with him every day. Hallelujah. I'm not just a part of the team. I'm a part of the kingdom. And the best part of that is I'm a part of the king. Hallelujah. Can we just give praise to the Lord for that truth? Oh, yes. We're not just part of a body. We're part of a person. We're part of a deity. We're part of a kingdom. We're part of the king himself. Hallelujah. And so I was recognizing in scripture that there's a difference, amen, between the way people do things and the way God himself does things. If you read in scripture, the, the, the connotation to the two words driven and led, there's a difference. The connotation of the word driven is very negative, I think, in every case.
Of course, you always need to go back and look at the original word because there, there, there is variation from, from uh, context, from verse to verse, context to context. But when we read the word driven, it's very negative, very harsh. They were driven by the wind. They were driven by the devil into the wilderness. They were driven, amen, and blown, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. But yet when the Lord leads us, amen, he is not a driver. He's not a forcer. Amen, he is not, amen, domineering and dictating in your life. But the Lord in his character is a gentle savior. That's why we need to have the knowledge of God because without the knowledge of God, God, you can't apply that to what you should know about him and about his ways, his modus operandi, his method, amen, of approach, of interaction, etc. So I, I looked at these two words just briefly, and we'll move forward. This is not the main point, but we're getting there, uh, and hopefully we'll be there soon so we can all go fellowship and eat and and have a good time you know, with each other after service. But if you look at the scripture, now please, and I, I'm emphasizing this for a reason because I've looked at the different words, the different contexts and the original language. But in most cases, drive or driveth is very negative. And the Lord is not a driver. He's not a dictator. He doesn't deal with you that way. Now, sometimes you will demand it of yourself and you will drive yourself crazy. And other people may drive you crazy. But the Lord will never drive you crazy. But he'll lead you in the path of righteousness. And he'll do so, amen, with who and what he is. He'll do so in his own character and his own moral attributes, amen, which are reflected through the ways he handles us. Aren't you glad he's a gentle savior? Aren't you glad he's a temperate God? Aren't you glad he's a meek savior? Aren't you glad he's a good God? Somebody say, yes, he is. I wish I had a little organ on that. He's a good God. But he's not trying to drive us crazy. He's not trying to drive us into the darkness. He's not attempting and nor will he ever attempt to drive you to frustration or burnout but what he will do is he'll lead you and if you look in the scripture it says that Jesus was led into the wilderness by the spirit another verse that uses the word driveth it simply means not what you think it means but it simply means that he was sent forth by the Holy Ghost. So say this with me. Say God has a way of leading his people. He has a way of doing things. He has a way of, of uh, taking care of his kingdom. Functioning and operating. God really does have a way. And you and I will never learn that way until we learn him. I want you to think about that. We'll never learn that way until we learn him. Because in him is hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's all in him. That's why I need to know him more every day. Because all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge are in him. He's the key. Praise God. How many knows some people that, are, that either are or are on the verge of burnout? They've lost their passion. They've become mechanical. 
Church is just work. It's just a job. Ministry is just something that they do. And they've lost the love of it. And the reason why they've lost a love of it is because they've lost a love for him. And the reason they lost a love for him is because not they fell out of love, but they fell out of repentance. That's why the Lord said, you left your first love, therefore repent. So when we stop repenting, we live in, when we stop living a repented life, a sanctified life, the result is we're going to neglect our love relationship with him. Therefore, we're going to lose our passion because true passion for ministry comes from the heart of God. Amen. And when you have him living and abiding in you, you're going to have his passion. That's why we need to get back to Jesus and make everything that we do all about him. I do what I do. I say what I say. I minister on this level because of Jesus Christ, because he's not just alive and well out there he's alive and well in here and amen he wants to be that in every one of our lives he wants to be alive and well and active and circulating in all of our lives and God wants to be the center of our focus and our attention God wants to be the great priority of our daily living and oh that that would be our reality that we're not just Pentecostals but we're sons of God that manifest the spirit of the Father. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I do know and you know and there's people here perhaps tonight, people in Christendom and the Christian community that are trying to earn God's approval. They're trying to earn God's grace by endeavoring to please people. Did you know that you can do the right thing but for the wrong reason and by the wrong motive? Huh? Oh, yes. That's why Paul said you can do all of these good things and not have charity. You can give your body. You can give your substance. You can do all the, you can have all these gifts but not have charity. And you become what? A tinkling cymbal and a sounding brass. So that tells me that we can have church. We can build. We can try to do the work of God or the work for God. And yet when he looks at us, he says we're a sounding brass, a tinkling cymbal. Amen. When we become a tinkling cymbal and a sounding brass, it's no longer about Jesus. It's only about what we're just doing for him. Does that make any sense? Does that make any sense or am I just helping myself here? Is the Lord just helping me or is he helping somebody? Amen. This is tough because I'm like, Lord, obviously you're just trying to get my attention here. <laughs> obviously you're trying to correct me in some areas that I've been falling short. And I'm glad that he is because he's trying to perfect us. He's trying to mold us and make us like him and get us focused back on him. Somebody say focused on him because it really should always be about him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Trying to earn God's grace, approval. Trying to win over favor, get some points from the Lord 
But listen, the Lord is not your employer. And the Lord is not your earthly parent. So when we view God as an employer, and through the perception that we have of an earthly parent, we've missed the mark. And our relationship with him, our approach to him, our expectation of him will be distorted and deficient. Do you hear me? Is this making sense? I know I've kind of slowed down a little and, and just began to teach, but God really wants to help us. He wants to help us through giving us proper vision, proper perspective, proper understanding so that our relationship with him as well as our ministry and our service can be according to his plan so that he remains Lord over the building, over the project, over the operation. Somebody say it's got to be about him. Amen. First Corinthians chapter number 3. Verse number 9, very important verse. There are numerous other verses which, are, are cor that which correlate, but I'm not going to share them all. But the Bible says, for we are laborers together, not for God, but with God. Yea, are God's husbandry. Yea, ye are God's building. So what is he working on? The Bible says that we're his building. That means God's working on us. He's working on all of us. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6 verse number 1 says, We then as workers together with him. Someone say with him. That means he's not your assistant and he's not your servant and he's not your apprentice. That means he's the master and you're his partner. That's what that means. And what happens is we get into a lot of trouble when we try to make Jesus our co-pilot instead of our pilot. When we make him our co-pilot, that's evidence that it's not about him, it's about us. Even though our intention is good, if Jesus is the co-pilot and not the pilot, then we're in trouble. And, and, and we have some problems that need to be adjusted, that need to be fixed. But the Bible tells us that we should be laborers together with him, workers together with him. This simply means that we are to be in a partnership with the Lord. And if you read in 1 Corinthians 5.10 for the sake of notation, it tells us, amen, that we're also supposed to live with him. Isn't that amazing? That not only can I be a laborer with him, a worker together with him, but I can also live together with him. Isn't that something? I'm not talking about just in the heavenlies. I'm talking about in the kingdom. And the kingdom of God is not something that's far away coming down the road. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. And we're supposed to demonstrate the kingdom. And the only way that we're going to demonstrate the kingdom is when we are laborers together with him, workers together with him, living together with him, not simply working for him. Does that make sense? Do you know that there's a difference between working for God and working with God. 
Now, I asked the Lord to really help me to clarify that and to really help explain what that means. And then I think we're going to share some more scripture. But I'm telling you the truth that there is a vast difference and we need to know and understand and make the adjustment so that we no longer to, we no longer continue to work for God, but we come into proper agreement and alignment and in harmony with him where he's the Lord of the house so that we work together with him as a partner. And he's no longer our servant or our assistant or our guest, but he becomes the host. He becomes the focus. He becomes the one that we look upon, that we can, amen, that we agree with, that we are aligned with. Amen. It must be all about him. I'm telling you, the greatest revival is going to be the result of those people that know God. Amen. Those that know him and walk with him and are in harmony with him, they're going to turn the world upside down. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I hope I'm challenging and inspiring somebody that that can be you. Amen. You can start on your job. You can start in your home. You can start at your school. You can make a difference when you become a laborer with him instead of just trying to fulfill a ministry for him. That's why people burn out because they're so busy trying to do a work for God instead of becoming labor together with him. Does that make sense? My God, have mercy. And according to the scripture, our life, amen, our ministry, our relationship both with God and with other people should be the result of our partnership with the Lord Jesus Christ, being unified and in harmony with him. I don't know how you feel, but there's a desire, amen, there's a zeal from the Lord working in my life that's leading me, that's speaking to my spirit and saying, you need to learn me, you need to understand me, you need to understand that you don't have to work for me you can work with me and you'll get more done you'll be more effective and you won't have to beg and plead for the gifts to operate they'll flow because you're flowing with me hallelujah praise God Our oh Lord is this helping you it's helping me praise God hallelujah let it help me Lord let it work in me God Matthew eleven twenty eight. Reveals some very, very powerful secrets. Matthew chapter 11, verses number 28 through 30 says, Come unto me. Notice that. Come unto me. All ye that what? That labor. Listen, if you're living, you're laboring. Huh? If you're living, you're laboring. Especially if you're an adult. If you're alive, you're laboring. Now, some labor harder than others. Some are more effective than others. Some get more done than others. But I think that everybody in here is laboring on some level. And he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Notice he didn't just say that to this group of people, but he said, let the children come unto me. Amen, amen. All those that are weary, all those that are thirsty, come to me. So, amen, the message that we see in the Bible is, come unto me, come unto me, come unto me. Let him that is a thirst, let him come to me. Even in the Old Testament, he's telling his people, come to me, come to me. Amen, you can have more than bread, you can have the bread giver. You can have more than water, you can have living water. Amen, you can have more than provision, you can have the provider. 
Oh, yes. So he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Praise God. Take my yoke upon you. That speaks of his lordship. And learn of me. Uh, learn of me. Notice the verb here. Notice he says, learn of me. <laughs> Since when have we made that our focus? Huh? We're trying to figure out what we're supposed to be doing, right? But the Lord is saying, if you focus on what you should be learning, I'll teach you what you should be doing. And you won't have to worry about it. Huh? We, this is what we do. Now, I know we're getting ready to teach a ministry and leadership development class, but a lot of times we're trying to teach all, you know, all the do's and the don'ts and the ethics and the etiquette and, and, and trying to you know, help people, and that's good. That's good. But listen, if you can help people establish, develop, amen, and maintain a healthy relationship with the Lord, he'll teach them a method that is more effective than our protocols. God, I feel like running right now. Praise God. If we can teach them relationship, he can teach them ministry. And that's why I've been focusing for the last few years on, on, on when I disciple my son, I'm teaching him relationship, knowledge, amen, pleasing God. Let him be your focus, amen. Let him be the one that you are affectionate for, that you desire, that you seek after, amen. And when you do that, he'll direct your path. He'll make you effective in ministry. You won't have to work and beg for gifts. You just desire them and they happen. Amen. Everywhere there's a need. Amen. Everywhere there's faith, there's gifts operating. And I'm telling you, those things can work in every one of our lives. I don't care how long you've been in church. If you've got the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost has you, you can operate in the gifts. Amen. You don't have to beg God. The Bible says just desire. Follow after charity. That means follow after him and desire spiritual gifts. And guess what happens? You'll see the gifts. A lot of times we're just following after the gifts, seeking the gifts instead of following charity. Does that make sense, bro? Huh? If, if we get it right, we'll be more effective. And when we seek charity, that means it's all about him. Because he's charity personified. He's the love of God manifested. And he's filled us with his spirit, which is that same love. My God. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I've got to hurry. My, for, listen, this is, this is what he says. This is one of the attributes, the moral attributes of God. This is, this, this is also one of the fruit of the spirit, Brother Turner. You know that you can name the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace. Huh? What's the rest? Goodness. Faith. Gentleness, temperance, and what, what else? I heard somebody say it. Meekness. One of the moral attributes of God, the fruit of the Spirit, is meekness. Isn't that something? The meekness of God. And Jesus Christ told us, he gave us some insight to, to who he is and what he's like. He says, I'm meek, not weak. I am meek and lowly in heart. And this is what will happen. This is what will happen. If we come to him, if we will take his yoke upon us, if we will let him become our focus, and we will start learning of him, this is the result. Are you ready? This is Bible. This is, the, this is what the word said. This is what Jesus said. The result will be this. You shall find rest for your soul.
Isn't that wonderful? My, 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 my. What's he talking about? He's talking about the rest that the Old Testament, those in the wilderness, that he wanted them to enter into, but they never entered into it because they were busy with religion and they failed to focus on him and they fell. And the Bible says with many of them, God was not well pleased. They were all baptized, amen, in the cloud and in the sea. They all seen the miracles. They all had provision. Nobody got sick, but the Bible says they couldn't go over. because. And this is what the scripture says, because they erred in their heart, not knowing my ways. And the reason why they didn't know his ways is because he was not their focus. Their focus was, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I need help. I, you know, I don't want to live like this. I need help. And God's trying to tell us, I must be your focus. My, my, my. Can we just lift our hands for a moment? Now, our music is going to come here in just a second. But the Lord is trying to help us understand. Hallelujah. That if he's not the focus of our life, of our living, of our relationships, of our ministry. Amen. In every area. If he's not the focus, then what's going to happen is we're not going to find the rest that we need for our soul. We're going, to be, we're going to be so discontent. We're going to be internally insecure and deficient and unhappy and unfulfilled. I'm telling you right now, the greatest joy, the peace, the contentment comes when we take upon his yoke, when we learn of him. Amen. Hallelujah. We find that rest for our souls, the very power, praise God, of contentment, the peace that passes understanding. Amen. And it keeps us. It keeps us, our heart and our mind. And then he says, you shall find rest for your soul. For what? For my yoke is easy. My burden, my load is light. My God. My God. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. How many would like some of that? Uh, or do you like it hard? Do you like it hard? Huh? Some, some, some people just like it rough, you know. That, you know, it's, it's you know, they... You, you got to beat them up. And slap. I mean, I'm from the South. Listen, I'm from the South. So I know. I know the terminology. I know what they say about their wives. I know how they treat their children. I've seen the abuse in the name of parenting. And some people are raised rough and they become rough themselves. But the Lord said, I'm not that way. I'm meek. I'm lowly. And the result of a proper relationship with my lordship is you're going to find rest for your souls. And you're also going to find out that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why is that? Because he's doing the leading and we're doing the following. Come on, can we lift our hands? Oh, hallelujah. Where he leads me, I will follow. So in the midst of all of our labors and all of our, effort, in all of our efforts, we should go to him. My God, I pray that I'm reminded of that every day. That in the midst of my living, in the midst of my laboring, I need to go to you every single day. It's not a one-time deal, but it's a perpetual relationship. What does that mean, coming into agreement and alignment with him? You can come on, Brother Jesse, to the keyboard. I'm trying to wind this lesson down. This is kind of a, a lesson, kind of a preaching style lesson. 
But it's very, very, very vital, very important. And if you'll apply these principles, it will help you. Amen. And give you a better perception of the Lord and his expectation and his way of doing things. I want to walk in harmony with God. I want to walk in sync with him. I want to be able to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. As you have heard, some of you have mentioned that this has really stood out to you. The Lord will never exalt himself in your life. Did you hear me? The Lord will never exalt, exalt his Lordship in your life. There's only one that can do that. And that is you. That's why the Bible says over and over, let us exalt him. When you exalt him, you will see the benefit and the glory of his lordship ruling and reigning in your life. And we will be so much better off when he reigns in every area of our life instead of just allowing to, him to come in and say, help us here, help us here, we need you here. God, help us. Let me share a story with you in closing. In Matthew chapter number 14, it's 8.15, so I've got to close. In Matthew 14 and 22, you know the story. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship. The foundation of class, if you were there early, you received a portion of this. And again, this is another portion. But the Bible says that when he constrained his disciples to get into the ship, I'm going to keep reading it to verse number 32 possibly. So thank you so much for staying with me. And he said for them to go before him unto the other side. Amen. Somebody say that's the destination. At least for now. And while he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent them away, he went into a mountain apart to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Say they were in the midst. And the Bible says the ship was being tossed with the waves. For the wind was contrary, but yet God sent them. Hello? It's not always pleasant. But the Lord wanted to show them something. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto who? Jesus went unto them. It wasn't about showing his skills. <laughs> but he went to them. They were his destination. They were the ones that he was focused on, determining to help and to teach them. And the Bible says, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Can you imagine that? And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. That tells me that they weren't quite sure what they were looking at. They weren't quite sure what they were looking at. And in their mind, their perception told them it is a spirit and they began to cry out for fear. But straightway, aren't we glad that Jesus not just has a physical image, but he has a voice. And Jesus spoke and said to them, Be 
of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answering him and said, Lord, if it be thou, if it's really you, then bid me to come unto thee on the water. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care what storm I gotta walk through. I don't care what valley I've gotta go through. If it's you, then bid me to come to you on the water. That tells me it wasn't about walking on the water. It was all about getting to his God and his Savior. A lot of people in our world want to walk on water ministry. And they want to do great things in the world and contribute to charities and help and do and have this big name and this fame, this praise and glory. But he said, Lord, if it's you, then bid me to come to you. He doesn't, he doesn't say bid me to walk on the water. But he says bid me to come to you. Because Peter's focus was not the water. Peter's focus was the Lord. The water just happened to be in between. <laughs> Somebody say come. Because it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And we know the rest of the story. He climbed down from the boat. And he walked on water. Not for the sake of seeing if he could do it. But read the scripture. What does the scripture say? He walked on water to do what? To go to Jesus. I'm telling you, that's what life is all about. That's what ministry should be all about. That's what the kingdom and the church should be all about. It's not about walking on the water. It's about going to Jesus. It's about coming into alignment with Him. It's about coming into proper relationship with Him. It's about walking with God. So what if we get to walk on water? Amen. So what if we, if we get to see all of these things? That's awesome. That's great. But there's nothing greater. There's no one greater than knowing Him, being with Him. Because one day the water's going to be gone, but He's going to remain. One day everything's going to be burned up, but He's going to remain. Hallelujah. That There's going to come a time where what you did isn't going to matter, but who you know and who you serve is going to matter. It's got to be all about Him. If it's not, we're going to sink. Ladies and gentlemen, as we stand, if it's not about Him, what's going to happen when it's not about Him, when we lose our focus of Him, what's going to happen is we're going to lean to our own strength. We're going to lean to our own past experiences. Now this is a shocker. This is going to shock you. You ready for this? You ready for this? Your experience alone cannot save you. And God doesn't need your experience to fulfill His plan in and through your life. Hello? I don't even have time to explain or clarify that. 
But what happens is we lean to our own understanding. Well, I've done this before. <laughs> but what happens is when you do something, something just, just out of protocol, and I've done this before, you know, we've, we've done it this way forever. And, you know, it, it seemed to work most of the time. What happens is we make an idol out of that image. Huh? And we limit what God wants to do or could do today that may be different than what He did yesterday. And sometimes, and this is, I don't mean to be harsh, but sometimes we think that if I grab and squeeze them really hard, they'll get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but you notice the people in the upper room, nobody laid hands on them and everybody received the Holy Ghost. God don't need your hand. <laughs> Ministry must always be about pleasing Him. Doing what makes Him happy. And doing it the way He wants it done. You say, well, I don't do it that way. Well, you're wrong in His eyes. Because if you and I aren't doing it His way, we're wrong. That's why he told the prophet, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. They're so much higher. But aren't we glad here tonight that the Lord's willing to reveal himself and share his intimate thoughts and ways with us. And he's doing that tonight. I want you to say this with me. Say, the objective is not walking on the water. The objective is is drawing near to Him. That's the goal. Hallelujah. And when it's not about Him, we will gradually fail and fall and sink. And we will become frustrated, burnt out, and miserable people and discontent. And that's a sign that the Lord's not leading you. You're leading and you're trying to get him to do what you think he ought to do. This is pretty sober. I don't know about you, but it's helping me. Now, I know this is just the portion of, of, the, of the revelation that the Lord has shared with me, but it's a very, very important part. and It's going to help us. So if we're not about following him, not just following him in some things, but following him in all things, ooh, that's tough following Him and being faithful to Him, if that becomes our daily reality, we will not fail, we will not fall, and we will not sink. Did you know there's a way to prevent falling, failing and sinking? Huh? Making your life all about Him. Making your ministry all about pleasing Him. It's about harmony. It's about submission. It's about being aligned with Him. And when it's all about Him, you're going to stand. And there may come a time where you have to walk on water. There may come a time where you get to do some of those things. But always remember, it's not about these. It's always about Him. It's about His will. It's about you coming to Him. Can we just lift our voices? You can lift your hands or your voice. Come on, the Lord wants you to see Him. The Lord wants you to hear Him. The Lord wants you to know Him. The Lord wants you to take His yoke upon you and learn of Him. 
Hallelujah. You're going to find rest for your souls. You're going to find that he's meek and lowly. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. It's all about him. It's all about him, Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's not a one-time glance. It's a continual look. Behold, the one who called us out, the one who came to get us out. It's got to be about him. Hallelujah got to be about him it's got to be about him come on that we're done we're done preaching that we're, we're just kind of encouraging one another right now hallelujah it's got to be about him it's got to be about him Hallelujah. How can I draw closer? How can I get closer? I'm telling you, if I've got to get out of the boat to get to Jesus, I'm getting out of the boat. If I've got to go beyond status quo and comfort and convenience, I'm going to do it because He's worth having a relationship with. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to find that rest. I'm going to find the rest for my soul. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. I'm going to move from just being a laborer. Amen. For him. And I'm going to become a laborer with him. And I'm going to come into that partnership with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So I no longer have to figure out what I have to do, but I just have to follow his voice. And when I follow his voice, he shows me. He teaches me. He anoints me. My cup runs over. And because I'm together with Him, I can lay down in green pastures. I can drink from that water beside the still waters. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Being with Him, I'm telling you, that's what matters. Being with the Lord, that's what matters. Yes, yes, yes. We don't have to sit by the phone. We don't have to wait for opportunities. We don't have to wait for doors to open because He is the door. He is the way. And He'll give you the rest. And when you have the rest in your soul, you won't worry about opportunities. You'll just concern yourself with being faithful to Him. Being loyal to Him together with him oh yes oh yes oh yes oh yes oh yes oh yes being together with him living with him every day oh know you Jesus Jesus oh you're all you're all I want all that I need Help me 
manifestation of your Lordship in my life. To see the manifestation not just of your ability, but your attributes. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that I can not only declare you, but demonstrate you to my world. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't you just embrace the person beside you if it's appropriate? You can, you can grab their hands, but if you, if you don't want to do the hand, you can just embrace them. And let's pray one for another in closing here tonight. We're going to pray one for another in closing tonight. Come on. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to impart Himself in you. The Lord wants to breathe into your life tonight. This revelation that's going to enrich and enhance your relationship with Him and help you in your daily living, in your daily life, your relationships, your ministry. Oh, breathe within us, Lord. Not just on us, Lord, but breathe in us, God, as we open up to you, as we open our soul, our spirit, our heart to you. Oh, let this revelation, God, be so conceived in all of us here tonight, God, that we don't go about to establish our own righteousness, but we simply follow the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That we don't go about to establish our own ministry, but we follow the ministry of Jesus Christ and we do what we're called to do. Hallelujah. That we don't look for a pulpit or a place. We just look for a person. We just look for a person. A person. Because every living soul, God, needs you. Hallelujah. Come on and pray and strengthen and encourage one another. Oh, don't, don't, don't worry about recognition. Don't worry about vainglory. Don't worry about who knows you and who don't know you. Worry about pleasing your God. Worry about knowing Him, walking with Him. Hallelujah. Keep your eyes upon the Master. Keep your eyes upon the Savior. Come on, you can do this. You can do this. It's not your own understanding. It's not your own strength. It's not your own name. It's not your own ability. Come on, it's not your own strength. It's not your own gifting. Come on, it's got to be about Him. It's got to be about Him. It's got to be about Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, all purpose is in Him. The purpose of mankind is in Him. Praise God. It's in our Creator. Oh, yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's about Him. It's about Him. I do what I do because it's about Him. I do what I do because I'm answering the call of God. Woe unto the people who step out of the boat who have not been called. Woe unto the people that step out and try to do a work for God without hearing the voice of God that says come. Hallelujah. But I hope that you hear and heed the voice of the Lord tonight. It's calling you to come to Him. If you'll come to Him, not only is He the revelation, He is the revelator. And he'll share with you what you need to know about him. 
He'll share the knowledge and the understanding and the wisdom that you and I need to know and have and possess about Him. And everything else that we need is all in Him. God bless you tonight. You can just dismiss yourself. Be friendly. Greet one another. Amen. Take time some, to hug some folks. Greet one another. Amen. Our platform crew is coming right now. Amen. Lord bless you. Pastor and Sister Kyle and the family will be back on Saturday. Lord willing. Amen. We'll see them again on Sunday. Don't forget, we're having a little mini marriage seminar this Sunday at 10 o'clock for all of those that not just are married that, but hope to be married one day. Amen. Praise God.